This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, this year, July the 4th, our great national holiday falls on a Sunday, which gives me a chance to reflect a little bit on this, I think, always fascinating theme of being American and being Catholic. What does it mean for us to say, yes, we're proud Americans and we're also Catholics? Are those two statements just utterly reconcilable? Are they at odds with each other? Some blending of the two? Let's explore that a bit. You know what comes to mind when this issue uh, comes up is um, what I call a tale of two cardinals. I mean, George Cardinal Mundelein and Francis Cardinal George, two cardinals of Chicago, both of whom had interesting things to say about the relationship between being American and being Catholic. Mundelein, you might say, is a bit more sanguine, a bit more optimistic and positive on this relationship. Cardinal George, a bit more wary. If you go out to uh, Mundelein Seminary, which was Cardinal Mundelein's pride and joy, that's the place where I uh, teach and where I have a residence, you'll see in bricks and mortar, you'll see in the very architecture of the place, Cardinal Mundelein's understanding of the relationship between America and Catholicism. Mundelein Seminary was built in the early 1920s, so a time when there was still a lot of suspicion of Catholics in this country. Many people thought that Catholics represented a foreign power. They were under the control and aegis of a foreign prince, the Pope. And somehow Catholic ideas were at odds with American ideals. Well, Cardinal Mundelein wanted to say, we belong. And so he built his seminary in a very Georgian colonial, very American-looking architectural style. You'll see that now in all the major buildings. No more uh, remarkably than in the main chapel. Right in the very center of campus, the main chapel of this Catholic seminary is a building that looks for all the world like a Protestant meeting house. And it's no accident. It's modeled after a church that young George Mondelein saw when he was a kid. His parents took him on drives outside of uh, New York into Connecticut, and he saw this uh, Congregationalist church that he liked. And the main chapel at the seminary is modeled after that. But now you walk inside these buildings, especially in the library and the main chapel, what do you find? You find that inside these very Americana-looking buildings is Rome, is Catholicism. The symbolism, architecturally speaking, on the inside is deeply Catholic. Mundelein's point is clear. It's possible to blend together these two great systems, these two great ways of life. It's possible to be American and Catholic. Okay, now flash forward about 70 years from the time of Mundelein to the time of Francis Cardinal George. Cardinal George, you know, as a young man, studied philosophy, specifically American philosophy. That was his specialty. He understands the forces that shape this country intellectually. And in many of his speeches and sermons and writings, 
you find a much more, I'd say, wary or careful uh, understanding of the relationship between America and Catholicism. He doesn't think they're they're utterly at odds, but he's aware of the differences that obtain between the two systems. He's more cr- critical, I would say, more willing to criticize the American way of doing things. Okay, who's got it right? Well, I think they both have it right. They both have an aspect of the truth. There is something deeply congruent between American Catholicism. There is something that's deeply incongruent between them. And I just want to say a word now about each one of those. Where's the incongruence? Where's the tension? I think it has to do with this idea of freedom. I talked about it a bit in my sermon last week. The American ideal of freedom is freedom as self-expression. Don't tread on me. I do and think what I want. I want to wriggle free from the constraints of law, tradition, society, so that I can do what I want. There's the American ideal of freedom. Freedom trumping truth, if you want. Freedom trumping tradition. Freedom at all costs. As I mentioned last week, look at movie after movie, read novel after novel. You see this celebrated within the American culture, especially the popular culture. Now, lest all this seem a little bit abstract, look at that famous decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in 1992 in the matter of Casey versus Planned Parenthood. Trying to bolster their earlier judgment in Roe v. Wade, the justice ruled there that it belongs to the very nature of liberty to determine the meaning of one's own life, of existence, and of the universe. Staggering, isn't it? I'm quoting right from the statement of the judges. It's a nearly perfect expression of modern freedom. Freedom, self-expression, trumping objective truth altogether. The universe, well, it means what I say it means. Existence, it means what I want it to mean. My own life, it means what I choose. Contrast the Supreme Court statement with two statements from the letters of St. Paul. The one we heard from last week, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Notice, please, Christ has set you free. Freedom is not over and against Christ. Christ is the ground of freedom. Paul, in the letter to the Romans, introduces himself this way. Paul a slave of Christ Jesus. What's a slave? It's someone whose freedom, in the ordinary sense, has been taken away. But Paul can say, I'm the slave of Christ Jesus, and it's for freedom that Christ has set me free. You see how in the modern American reading, that doesn't make a lick of sense. But on the biblical reading, on the Catholic reading, it makes perfect sense. Freedom is not opposed to truth, but true freedom is grounded in the truth. I become a free basketball player in the measure that I submit myself to the rhythms and demands of the game. I become a free golfer, able to play golf well, when I submit myself to the rules and demands and objective rules of the game. On the modern reading, freedom is an enemy of truth. Freedom trumps the truth. I would suggest to you, friends, it's that 
kind of freedom, which is central to the American understanding, that is at odds with authentic Catholicism. Catholics have to say no to that construal of freedom. We say instead, you will truly be free in the measure that you submit yourself to objective norms, intellectual norms, moral norms. In that submission, you find your true freedom. Okay, there's, if you want, the Cardinal George side of it, the more negative side. How about the Mundelein side, the more positive dimension? Well, I'll bring you back now in imagination to a stuffy Philadelphia boarding house in the sweltering summer of 1776, where a young Virginia lawyer was composing a rather important document. In the opening paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Familiar words, moving words, powerful words. But listen, if someone has suggested to Plato or to Aristotle or to Cicero that it is self-evident that all people are fundamentally equal, and endowed with inviolable rights, he would have been met with a very puzzled look. For the classical philosophers, precisely the opposite seemed self-evident. People they felt are radically different in intelligence, beauty, physical prowess, creativity, moral excellence, etc. And a frank acknowledgement of these inequalities appeared the prerequisite for right political order. In Plato's Republic, that great work of political philosophy, we hear that the just city will emerge only when the best people rule, when the second best people serve in the military and the less intellectually and morally endowed take care of menial tasks. In other words, the inequality of the society is key for its right functioning. In Aristotle's great work, The Politics, We learn that only a tiny handful of the intellectually and economically elite are allowed to participate in public life and that others, women, children, slaves, are permanently excluded from the political arena. Equality, fundamental rights are not even on the radar screen. So how did Thomas Jefferson come to his convictions? To the point where he could say they are self-evident The clue is found, I think, in the two words in his text that we usually pass over in haste, perhaps seeing them as no more than pious decoration. The words are created and creator. All people, Jefferson implies, are equal in the measure that they are equally children of God. They're not equal in intelligence, in skill, in courage, in moral excellence. They're clearly not. Aristotle and Plato were right. But they are equal in the measure that they're children of God. Furthermore, they all have rights in the measure that they've been granted those rights by their creator. Aristotle and Plato did not think every people had inviolable rights. They didn't. But loved into existence, destined for eternal life, We are, in fact, all subjects of great dignity and have a legitimate claim to life, liberty, 
and the pursuit of happiness. Here's my point now. Without a clear reference to the creator God, Jefferson's political convictions become, to put it mildly, somewhat less than self-evident. And here is the great point of congruence between Catholicism and Americanism. Notice, please, in the totalitarianism of the last century, Nazism, communism, they both demonstrated that the marginalization or outright denial of God conduced in very short order to the egregious violation of human rights and dignity. There's no way to argue with that. That's precisely why Hitler and Stalin and Mao and Pol Pot could run roughshod over millions of people because they bracketed the question of the creator God. You know who saw this very clearly was John Paul II. There was nobody at the end of the 20th century who was a greater defender of Jeffersonian human rights language than John Paul II. He preached it all over the world, no more forcefully than in his home country of Poland, in a way that revolutionized uh, Eastern Europe, eventually led to the downfall of the Soviet Union. Human rights, human rights. But what was the ground of it? The ground of it for John Paul, as for Thomas Jefferson, was the creator God. Because we are equally children of God, because we're destined for eternal life, that's why we have this inviolable dignity. And see, friends, that part of the American experiment is deeply congruent with Catholicism. And we Catholics can eagerly embrace it. So what's our attitude on this 4th of July as Catholics as we celebrate this American feast? I think we should look at America with a kind of critical intelligence and also with a very deep love, realizing that this country is grounded in God and called to a constant conversion to the Creator God who alone grounds our freedom and our rights. God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers every day, everywhere.